Well, good morning, everybody, and thanks again for tuning in. Today is December the 6th, 2023. We've almost said goodbye to 23, and time is pressing on. Well, this morning, I thought I'd share with you a a couple of stories of my life, and uh, pretty extraordinary stories, actually. Um, I won't lie. You'll probably think that I've embellished some of these stories, but I can tell you from from my heart, these are absolutely true, and I didn't embellish anything. I'm telling you exactly the way I saw it and the way it happened with me. And so, with that being said, I'll start. The year was 1986, I believe. And I was attending a small junior college over in North Florida called Lake City Community College. Now, Lake City Community College was a very, very small um, school. It probably had about 800 students there, maybe at the time. I may be a little off, but not too much. And uh, it was a two-year college, and it was uh, it had been there since the gosh, I think since the 40s when it was created to be a forestry school. And um, back then it was it was world known for its forestry education. And then uh, I think somewhere in the 60s or maybe 50s, it became a golf course management um, uh, school. It was known for it. And then later it became a nursing school. And it was pretty known for that as well, too, in the area and around the state. Uh, the nursing school was was known to be one of the best top uh, nursing schools in the in the state, and I believe in the nation as well. At any rate, I was uh, fresh out of the U.S. Army and uh, didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life, like most kids that age. Um, I. Uh, I was just rambling around, just trying to find my way, and uh, I came from a very small town in North Florida, not far from where the school was, and uh, I remember growing up in that small town, wasn't a whole lot to do. We had a drive-in movie theater, and, and that was about it, and uh, it was a real small town with a little small strip of of downtown area that, that the kids would drive up and down trying to find someone to either take home or take to the woods or you know some kind of ex escapade. So anyway, I didn't really have a, a a large expansion of my childhood outside that little town. And so as I uh, as I went to college, even though it was a small college, it was a big deal for me. In fact, I was the only child of five who went to college and would ever go to college. And uh, so I, uh, I enrolled in school and took all the basic things like English 101 and um, speech and psychology and all the things you have to take to get your AA degree. And uh, I wasn't real serious about school. Um, I, was, I was more uh, serious about girls. Um, I loved girls, always did, and uh, college was just full of them. They were everywhere, and um, they were beautiful. And uh, 
I was more focused on them than anything else. I I wasn't really living a a life that would exude Christianity, though I would told you that I was a Christian at the time, and I and I believe that I was. Um, I just wasn't living the life of a Christian because I was in college, and um, excessive drinking and partying and sex and everything else that goes along with college was just part of my daily routine. And uh, so I wasn't really living a life that would make sense in this story that I'm going to tell you. But it's the truth. And uh, I had an early English class. uh, Early meaning 8 o'clock in the morning for me was early. Although I get up earlier now just to go to the gym. Um, but for me back then, that was early and it was it was an inconvenience and I absolutely hated going, but I knew that it was a necessary evil. And um, when you're a freshman, you don't get a whole lot of choices for your classes. You kind of take what you can get. <clears throat> so here I am going to school, getting up early as I thought. And, uh, and I'm getting to school and I'm tired. I'm sorry, there was a car coming. I was trying to avoid it. And I can't talk and drive at the same time, apparently, safely. Um, anyway, I got to school and I was tired. I was just, I just didn't feel like going, but I went. And that, you know, that one hour class. And as soon as it was done, uh, my next class wasn't until after lunch, which was kind of weird. It was just the way my schedule worked out that, that semester. And um, so I thought, well, I got time to go home and sleep. Well, my, um, my roommate and I, Joe, he and I had a, uh, a, an old house that had been converted to two apartments. And um, we lived on one side and an old man lived in the other. And uh, there was nobody home. The old man never made much noise anyway, hardly knew he was there. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'll go, to, I'll go home, I'll go back to my apartment and I'll get some sleep so I did I drove back to the apartment and we had a room in our apartment we called it our our uh, party room and um, we had somehow found I don't know if Joe got it from his house or from family or friends or we found it at, on the side of the road or what but at any rate there was this uh, high back like a wing back chair um, and it was like a mustard yellow now even for the 80s that was that was way out of style. It was not in style for us. I mean, it was not the, the Brady Bunch um, set. You know, it would have looked really cool there, but it was not. It was not a, a very nice piece of furniture. But it was furniture. And when you're in college, furniture is something that is 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 rare. And so we had it in there, and we had it in this room. And our our rooms in our in our uh, apartment, because it was an old house, they were probably twelve foot ceilings, and um, we uh. We had uh, a stereo system in there that I had bought, and uh, it was a stand-up stereo system <laughs> way back in the day when you had stand-up stereo systems. So it was kind of like our party room. We had that in there, we had a chair in there, and I think we might have had a lamp in there, like a tall stand-up lamp or something. But anyway, there was a huge fireplace in there, and the windows was were from floor to ceiling just about. They were huge windows. And so the room was quite illuminated. We didn't have any curtains on it or anything. It was just straight up, you know, windows. Because again, we were college students. We didn't have the money for curtains or blinds or 
you know, anything like that. So we, uh, we had this little room there and I thought, <clears throat> I don't really want to crawl in the bed and go to sleep. Cause if I do, I probably won't get up until after my class. So I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just sit here in this chair. So I sat down in the chair and I plopped down in it and I'm just kind of sitting there and I, I don't know if I turned the radio on or, or music or whatever, but <clears throat> as I sat there, I kind of drifted off <clears throat> into not necessarily a slumber, but a state of, of consciousness. But I was, I was very aware of very awake, but I was relaxed. I was in that, that place between sleep and being awake. <clears throat> and um, as I sat there in this chair, I thought, man, this feels so good. I, I became one with the fabric of the chair. And uh, I thought, man, this is really, this is really bizarre. I was so comfortable. And it was a comfort like, I don't know, it was just, I guess I was just really, really tired and it just felt really good. And so I kind of sat there and, and let my body go limp. And, and, and the next thing I know, or, and, I, and I honestly, I, I don't know how much time transpired, um, but I can just tell you, it seemed like it was, you know, within minutes after I sat in the chair. Um, I noticed that I couldn't move and it, it, it quickened my spirit quickly. I mean, really, really fast, like something's wrong. Like I, I thought, you know, maybe I had had a, a stroke or something and, um, and I, or something to do with the brain or, or you know, just anything that would, would help explain why I couldn't move any of my limbs, um, couldn't move my head, couldn't move my arms, couldn't move anything. Um, but I could move my eyeballs and though I couldn't turn my head, I could move my eyeballs back and forth. And um, as I move my eyeballs back and forth, I'm scanning the room trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Well, I start to panic. My heart rate goes up and I'm thinking, you know, this is it. I'm fixing to die. Um, it, it was just, it was incredible. <clears throat> and um, so I, I sat there and I calmed myself down as much as I could. And I thought, well, I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. I'm, I'm able to see things. There's, there's, there's nothing in my room. The room isn't on fire. There's, you know, there's no one in the room with me. You know, there's no explanation as to why I cannot move any of my limbs. But I've, I've calmed myself down enough now that I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself in my head and I'm saying, you know, whatever this is, there has to be a, a normal, um, reasonable explanation for it. I mean, after all, I, I, I was not an idiot. I knew there was something going on, um, so I didn't panic. And um, I noticed to the left of me, as I turned my eye and looked to my left, I saw what looked like a huge iguana. Now, when I say an iguana, I'm like, uh, like, like the pet iguanas people get. The ones you see down in Miami falling out of the trees sometimes when it gets too cold. Um, and it was probably, I would say it was a good three and a half to four feet long, probably four feet long, including the tail. And um, it was a, it was a meaty, meaty size. I mean, it was a pretty big iguana, bigger, bigger than I've ever seen one. More like a, like a monitor, Savannah uh, monitor, if you're familiar with that breed of, of lizard. It was really big and it was green. It was green, just as green as an iguana could be. And its tail was to my left and it was hanging over the, the, the arm of the, of the chair that I was in. And, um, I, uh, 
I noticed that, you know, occasionally the tail would kind of flip, you know, and it kind of like a cat would do its tail, you know, and um, it's its claws were dug into the fabric of the chair. And this is where it got really kind of freaky. I could see so well, my vision had gotten so good that it was like supervision. Now, when I say supervision, I want you to understand, I could see the fabric up close as if I were like an inch away from it but I wasn't, I could see the fabric, I could see the individual um, strands of, of uh, I guess, whatever the fabric was made of, uh, velour or, you know, some kind of, you know, cotton material, I don't know what it was, but I could see individual strands of this and the, and the claw in the fabric, I could see it like I was looking at it from an, like less than an inch away, but it was crystal clear to me. That was what was just really bizarre is that my vision had become like this super microscopic vision that uh, that made no sense at all. And so as I looked to my left, I could only move my eyes so I could only see what I could see with moving my eyes around because I couldn't move my head. This this thing's claw claws were in the fabric and it was hanging on. And the rest of its body went up over my left shoulder but not on me but on the chair because it was a high back and it went around and I could see to the right but I couldn't see where it where the face was or the head or anything else and I, I assumed that it was behind me and that its length was probably from the back of my head all the way down to my left arm and um, and but I could I could hear in my right ear this thing was whispering to me now, I know you're going to think you probably did drugs in college. I never did drugs in college. Uh, I wasn't drunk and I wasn't coming off of a drunk <clears throat> or a binge or anything. Nobody slipped me anything that I was aware of. I mean, I, I've, I've actually thought about the, the possibility, you know, did someone slip me some acid or, you know, anything like that. But I've never, I, I, to my knowledge, I don't think anyone did. And, and to my knowledge, I've never had anything um, this like this before and I've never had a relapse as they are not a relapse but a um, uh, gosh what do they call it when you when you have a anyway it's when you take acid and years later you have a um, whatever they call it like a it's almost like a relapse it's where you it's where the chemicals of the acid settle in your spinal cord and as your pressure in your spinal cord and the fluid in your spinal cord um, increase it pushes the um, the um, chemicals up into your brain and so you have a flashback flashback that's what's called flashback anyway i've never had one of those so i don't think that i was under the influence of any kind of uh, illicit drugs or, or alcohol or anything like that i can tell you um but this thing was whispering in my ear and um what was it saying it was really bizarre he said if you'll bow down and worship me i'll give you this and his voice was like the voice of he was smooth he had a smooth voice. And when I say smooth, it was like, it wasn't raspy or old or, you know, it wasn't like a kid's voice. It was, it was like a smooth voice. I mean, if I had to compare it to anybody's voice, I would say that it was probably like George Clooney's voice. You know, it was, it was almost monotone, but it was smooth and it was, I don't know. I mean, if, if I were going to put a face on that on that voice, I would say he would probably be in his 
you know, early 30s, handsome. Just that's what he sounded like. Of course, for me, it was not a man. It was, it was a, uh, it was a, uh, an iguana. <laughs> so as crazy as that sounds, it's absolutely true, but we'll continue with the story. So he whispers to me, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. And when he said that, the door to my left opened up. Now that door went to a hallway, like a really short hallway, and there was a bathroom in there. And then there was a door beyond that that went to the next bedroom. We only had two bedrooms. And we were using this one as our as our uh, party room. So the other one was actually, had two twin beds in there. So anyway, um, the door opened up and out from the door came uh, what I would only describe today as probably someone from uh, Dubai or the Middle East, females. And they were, they had black, um, like like a tool material you could see through it it was almost like what a what a uh, a, a bride wears when she's you know going down the aisle and she's got that tool that white tool material over her face well they had something like that over their face but their eyes were available but their but but their mouth and nose were covered <clears throat> and they had little things hanging down from it and you know it was gold and uh the the, the material itself was black and they were scantily dressed and you could see through it and they were completely naked underneath. I mean, absolutely naked underneath. There was nothing left to the imagination. You could see through that tool. And they were very, very sexy and um, very uh, titillating. And, and, and I, I wanna say there was about three of them and they came and they, they, they were dancing very provocatively, arms over their heads, you know, and stuff. And they were moving their bodies about and their hips and their waist and everything. And they, it, was, it was a seductive dance is what it was. And uh, they danced around me and, you know, and, and they would just briefly, you know, put their hands on me and touch me and stuff. They didn't touch me in my, in my private area, anything like that. It was mostly in my face and my, my chest and my arms and things like that. Um, but it was very titillating. And then they, they headed back into the room and he said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you that. And then he said it again, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. And the room became pitch black. I mean, I couldn't see anything. There was no light, nothing. <clears throat> and uh, when the when the room illuminated again, I was in what looked like a cave, a very large, expansive cave. And in this cave were uh, just there was there were two hallways to the cave, uh, one to my left and one in front of me and they went back really as pretty far as the eye could see and the light got dimmer and dimmer as you look down the hall or down that long cave cavernous hallway and uh there were paintings um like huge paintings like you know four or five feet tall and they were they were leaned against the wall of the cave and and um, they were you know several paintings you know one after another you know um and there were there was a, a pallet full of money, like just like literally a pallet, probably five feet tall um, and five feet thick. Just, I mean, just stacks of money. Just, you know, you, it looked like something from a movie, you know, and um, it was all just stacked up there. And then there were, there was a, a pile of coins on the floor that was probably as tall as the money. And it just kind of spilled out over the floor and there were jewels and rubies and diamonds and, and you know, uh, different types of, uh, cups and and uh it looked like something from aladdin 
you know, like you'd see in the movie Aladdin when he's when he's in the cave of wonders and there's all that gold and you know it looked like that to me and um, I mean that's the only way really I can describe it and there were other paintings and other things in there and, and they were there were things of worth basically and I said and he said again if you'll give me if you'll bow down and worship me I'll give you all of this and so when he said that um, the room got dark again and um, I'm just I'm just sitting there I'm taking all this in I, you would think that I would that I would just be freaking out because this thing is talking to me, but there was a calmness about me that was supernatural. I didn't, I can't explain it, but it was there, and it and it. I guess it kept me from freaking out. I don't know. I can't explain it, but at any rate, the room got dark again, and then when the room illuminated again, I was, I was. It was like I was seeing, like. Like my perspective was backstage on a on a on a stage somewhere, and um, in front of the stage were were the was what what appeared to be an auditorium seats, but the seats kind of went back and then they went up, and so I recognized that it looked it looked to me like it was an auditorium at a high school, um, you know, had the big curtains on the side, you know, the each side had the big heavy curtains and they were from floor to ceiling and. You know they were probably you know 20 feet up and i'm um, gonna curtain across the top and um there was a, a man standing in the middle of the stage but closer to the front of the stage and he was standing behind a pulpit um like a lectern and he was dressed i was pure color i mean i can see it just like i see normally and um he was dressed in a in a dark blue suit and um he was talking and from the perspective that I had seeing behind him, he looked to be about, you know, somewhere between in you know 30 and 35, maybe might have been a little older, I don't know, but um, he was very animated. I couldn't hear what he was saying, but he was, you know, had one hand on the side of the, the lectern and the other on the side of the lectern, and from time to time he'd lift one hand and kind of use it to talk with. And um, I, I was there. I don't again. I don't know how long I watched him, but. It was long enough for me to get an impression of, of this was someone who was either a politician or he was maybe trying to become a politician um, or he was giving, you know, maybe could have been a pastor or a preacher or something. I'm not really sure what, it, what, he, what he was doing. There was no um, explanation offered as to what he was doing or why he was up there on that stage. But then I heard the voice again whisper in my ear, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. Well, when he said that, whatever in my brain and my mind I couldn't talk but I could think and so I was talking in my my mind's uh, thoughts and I knew even in my state of you know earthly desires and you know lack of uh, better explanation just you know sinful life I knew that this was not of God and I knew that it was something that was evil and at that moment in my mind, I, I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know why I said that. I mean, I had been raised in a Christian home. I'd been taken to church every Sunday, every Sunday night, Wednesday night, and revivals and all. So it wasn't like I didn't have a knowledge of Jesus Christ and what that meant to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I knew what it meant. And it was to get him away from me, to get him to stop doing what he was doing. And so as soon as I said that, the room went back to normal. 
Um, everything was, everything seemed normal at the time. Um, you know, I was back in the room, I was looking around and my first thought was, did I have a dream? But I noticed I still couldn't move. I was still frozen. Like I was paralyzed. And, um, so I kind of, I, I, I sat there, had no other choice. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking around the room. I'm looking for the, the little iguana on the chair. The iguana was gone. The room was back to normal. You know, it was, it seemed like I was back where I started from. And so as I, as I sat there, I noticed the wall across from me, which was about eight feet away, maybe 10 feet away. The wall in front of me, it was a, a window to the left and then there was a corner and there was nothing there. And then to the right of me was a window. And um, I noticed that the wall itself began to uh, morph into what looked like um, a cave, like a cave you could walk into, not crawl into, but you can walk. And um, it was probably a diameter of about six feet, maybe six feet tall, six feet all around. And as it went in, it curved to the left. So I could see as far as the, the, the curvature to the left, I could see on the wall itself, it was dark, but then you could, you could just tell that there was a light from in the cave that was beginning to, to get brighter because the wall of the cave got brighter. And as the wall got brighter, it, it was a, it was a light that was, it was the whitest white light I've ever seen in my life ever. Um, it was brighter than, um, we call a welding art. It was brighter than the sun. It was brighter than anything, but it was a, it was a soft white, bright light. And it didn't hurt my eyes. I didn't try to squint when I saw it. It didn't, it didn't make me just reactively close my eyes or, you know, shield my eyes from it. It didn't hurt. It didn't, it didn't cause me pain, but it was, it was bright. It was so bright. It was so white um, that I, I, I found myself trying to see through it and just to try to make out any kind of thing beyond the white that I saw. And so I was, I was really intensely trying to find something beyond this white light that I can focus my eye on and see what exactly is it. But it engulfed the whole room. And um, I noticed that there was something, there was, a, there was a shadowy figure coming from the light. And it was, it was a distance away, but I could see that it was, it was in the shape of a human, of a man. And as he got closer, I noticed, you know, he had his arms to his side with his, with his palms facing me. And he walked towards me <clears throat> and he had on what looked like a bright white terry cloth bathrobe. Now he didn't have it tied around the waist like, you know, most bathrobes are. His was just hanging, but it was a, it was a fix. The, 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 the opening part was, was um, sewn together and the, the um, sleeves went up just below his elbows as his arms were, you know, extended to the each side. And he had a, a large cuff around each sleeve <coughs> and, a, and a large cuff around the, um, uh, 
around the um, uh, the the bottom as well, and and he uh, he came towards me, and as he came towards me, he um, he, he he didn't speak. But I've gone too far, so I'm going to continue the rest of this in the next um, episode. So I'll finish in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned.